Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. special guest. I've been wanting to, you know, bring this gentleman on for quite some time. We have a lot of the same friends in our movement, and uh, he has been a huge um, guy. I don't know what to say. I was going to say proponent, but he's just literally led the charge with a few doctors who had the courage to lead the charge here uh, in the fight against the, the COVID-19 pandemic. He's, he's been able to uh, dispel myths and, and, and putting God first and, and fighting with, you know, preventative medicine and saving, you know, I don't know how many lives. I know it's thousands at a minimum. And I'm going to bring him on. Dr. Richard Bartlett coming on with me. How are you this afternoon, sir? Man, it's an honor to be with you, Matt. It's, it's great to have you on. And, you know, we have we were talking earlier, you know, I know he's in, in Dallas. So you know, Pastor Brian Gibson's a dear friend of both of ours. And we, we know a lot of the same people. We both have traveled all over the country the last couple of years for uh, just what we felt was right in our hearts and, and minds to you know, to try to defend liberty and, and freedom and things of that nature. Um, and you've, you know, we're, we're going to talk about stuff that you've done, things that you, you know, I want to, I want you to talk about the, you know, the prophetic dream you had with Budesonine and things of that nature too. But I guess we'll go right into it. I'm sure people are going to ask this question. Your take um, on the mass finally being ready, it just happened yesterday. You see planes full of people, like literally stewardesses weeping and crying. You're like, we, We've been told, oh, they want to wear the mask, right? How we, oh, the employees want to wear the mask. Now we're seeing pilots, stewardesses crying and weeping tears of joy, and planes are full of people cheering. Um, and you've said this along with, you know, do, you know, another 
uh, a friend of my doctor, you know, uh, you know, Zelenko and others, you know, out there and, uh, you know, always praying for him. I know he's still fighting cancer. He's just a, just a warrior, but what's your take on this? I mean, how did you, how did you feel knowing you've been saying, Hey, look, these things don't work. You've been saying this for two years. I mean, how do you, how do you feel as a medical professional and your take on all this? Well, uh, Matt, sometimes people are slow learners, right? Yes, sir. I'm just saying uh, people that are quote unquote experts, it sure took them a long time to figure this out. And, but, but think about this rules for thee, but not for me. They have uh, uh, Biden gives the state of the union address. You have everybody in that room, generals, uh, chief justices of the Supreme court, congressmen on both sides of the aisle, senators on both sides of the aisle, everybody in there. How many masks were in that room? Not one mask. One. Yeah. And so at the end of it, I, Matt, I don't think that they knew the cameras were still rolling for the rest of the world to watch. But after the State of the Union address, they, they have furniture disease. And that's where your chest falls into your drawers. And so instead of doing uh, high fives and chest bumps, you know, chest bumps like the football players do. Right. They, right. Were, doing, they were doing belly bumps and they were doing high fives and they were slapping each other on the back and and giving each other hugs no social distancing and no mass. And so we're a month later, we're over a month later. It's been a lot of time. And all of a sudden, Jen Psaki and, and the White House say they need two more weeks to figure this out for the rest of us. Rules for thee, but not for me. And if you look at it, we knew mass didn't work. There's been a ton of evidence and uh, you know, we look at uh, the cruise ship that had 100% vaccination rate, and yet there's an outbreak there. Right. We know a lot of things that have been pushed that have failed over and over again. You remember, we were told, well, speaking of masks, let's just talk about masks for just a second. Sure. Kudos to the Delta CEO for finally standing up and saying, we don't need masks, uh, and we're not going to do it. My my employees are tired of it. The the people that are flying on the planes are tired of it. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that maybe we don't need it anymore. Good for him calling that out. And then I want to commend the federal judge who said that this is wrong and struck it down the other day. Finally, there's common sense. You know, the truth always does come out and the truth does set us free. And I'll say it did not feel like freedom when they were forcing mandates, when they were forcing decrees, rules for thee and not for me, Matt. No, sir, it did not. And it was one of those things where, you know, I've been blessed enough to travel all over. And, you know, I've walked to the Supreme Court, you know, for three miles from Freedom Plaza and emceed Freedom Plaza on January 5th. And and uh, ne never never fails when somebody sees you on TV in Arkansas, you get a phone call. It happens almost every show. My audience has kind of got to where they, they kind of laugh at it at this point. Uh, hey, is that you? Yes, that's me. Um, and uh, it's it's part it's, it's an Arkansas thing. But um, I just remember walking with you know a million people to the Supreme Court. Uh, the majority not wearing masks. I never once contracted you know COVID during that time. Now I've had it you know twice. I honestly be honest with you, I never tested, but both my children had it. Um, you know, it's like a rough cold, a rough flu. But I, I learned from gentlemen like yourself, like Doctor Zelenko, uh, you know, and, and and others out there as well. You know, uh, you know to you know, I was taking quercetin and zinc and A, B, C, D, and E and and uh, getting a little more exercise in. I used to be 400 pounds. Now I'm about 275. And so, you know, 
taking your health, you know, not once do we ever hear any of these people, you know, talk about getting healthy, eating fruits and vegetables. Uh, that was never recommended, right? No, not exercising, not eating the right things, not taking the right supplementation. Um, that, that to me has been the biggest, um, you know, oxymoron with this whole thing. And, and these are the people that are supposed to be leading our nation's health, right? Like Fauci and these folks. And, and not once do we hear anything like that. I'm going to say it's really hard to say what was the stupidest thing we've seen in the last two and a half years. It's, uh, I think there's a long list. Um, you know, Matt, you and I and all the American people and every single doctor and nurse in the United States 20 years ago would be watching the evening news and find out there's an outbreak of a highly contagious respiratory disease in China. And we would watch B-roll of people in China walking down the streets with masks on. And 20 years ago, we thought, boy, that sure is silly. Boy, that doesn't make sense. And, and uh, that those will help maybe with a bacteria, but not with a highly contagious respiratory virus. That would be like trying to keep a mosquito in your backyard with a chain link fence. It's not, not going to be effective. Well, but, let me ask you this question because I've never, I've never honestly, not not publicly. I don't know if I've ever asked you or or you know Zelenko or any of you guys this, but I, I have local doctors that are buddies of mine, you know, and they're all scared to death of losing. You know, they work for big conglomerates like Mercy Health and Cox and those companies, and they're scared to death. You know, like they'll tell me privately, but they'll not. They're they're just following the rules. They don't want to lose where they're at. They're scared, as you probably have colleagues that you you don't want to mention either, like that. But they would even tell me, they're like, Matt, the reason why I wear a master in surgery is because I don't want blood in my mouth. I don't want blood. You know, I don't want to contaminate my patient. But they would flat out tell me, look, this, this has nothing to do with viruses. Masks don't stop viruses. And these are surgeons that I know here in northwest Arkansas that would tell me this. Now, of course, they'd never say it publicly because they didn't want to be condemned or lose their, their careers as specialists. It's just amazing that that nobody, and then if you said what I, I mean, I'm already banned on Twitter. I know that shocks you and I'm banned on YouTube, but thanks to God above. I mean, I've got a, you know, close to 700,000 followers on Gitter and God's about a you know million and a half on Facebook and God's put me in a, in a direction to where, you know, uh, they keep trying to silence me and it just keeps, it's, it's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi syndrome. They keep striking me down and the other platforms grow bigger. And so, but you know, a year and a half ago, what I just said was an indefinite suspension on almost every platform. Um, and you've been dealing with it for, for two years, and especially being a physician. How did, how did that make you feel when people would say mask work and, you know, and you've been in this profession for, for years and years? Well, it didn't take long. I mean, so my training before medical school was a medical technologist. So I actually studied viruses, bacteria, grew bacteria and culture in the lab, uh, actually was a, uh, in a virology lab uh, at a hospital. Uh, and those are rare, even back then. Now they're very rare uh, in hospitals to have a virology lab. I don't know one hospital that has a virology lab now. So I've been, I know how hard it is to grow viruses. I know how hard it is to keep them alive and to identify them. I know a lot about viruses. And so it, it was insane. The things that were being pushed that were total BS, like bat soup, when I say BS. Right, right. And, and so... Uh, by the way, bat soup, really? Uh, I think we've got a lot of evidence of uh, what might have been spliced into that coronavirus uh, called COVID-19. Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. 
In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where The Wellness Company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Uh, coming out now, but there's a Dr. Jim Meehan, and I want to give a shout out to him because he did, he put over 200 papers together of evidence for the public, Jim Meehan, M-E-E-H-A-N, showing that, vi- that viruses cannot be restrained by a surgical mask, that the evidence was there in hundreds of papers and he was calling that out early. So there's a lot of stupidity, a lot of craziness, a lot of non-science, a lot of nonsense that has been pushed on the American people. Uh, and many times the American people have been driven by fear. But this is the land of the free, the home of the brave. And we're not helpless and we're not hopeless. And when we were three months into the pandemic at the very beginning, and I showed up to the emergency room for a 48-hour shift, And we were told by Fauci, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, that there's nothing you can do, that there's no treatment options, that everybody needs to shelter in place and hide and be in fear and wait for a miracle vaccine. And once we get that shot in your arm, it'll be over after we get 75 to 80 percent shots. Uh, It'll be over with that one shot. And that the shot was 90 percent effective is what they said later. But Let's let's look at, at three months into this. I showed up in the emergency room with no treatment offered to me. And I was praying in between patients, Matt, Lord, what do I do if someone comes in here with COVID? And they say, I can't wow. breathe. And, and it's me. And, and I'm the only thing standing between them and them dying 
what do I do? What do I do? And so we were watching for the coronavirus task force updates and, and not any useful information coming. And uh, I had a moment during that 48 hour shift taking care of heart attacks, car wrecks, sewing lacerations up, taking care of real serious illnesses and 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 anxious. Lord, what do I do if someone's counting on me? And so I had a moment to go to the call room and take a cat nap and, a, and an answer to prayer. An answer to prayer came to me while I was asleep all at once. And it had. It had uh, budesonide, an inhaled steroid given as a nebulizer treatment, an antibiotic called clarithromycin and aspirin. And when I woke up, I knew I had encountered God. And I didn't I did not realize what a major what a major breakthrough that was until five until five days later. I had a couple running racing to the ER, short of breath with diabetes, overweight, have asthma and their oxygen's low. They were goners three months into the pandemic, according to everybody, and right. they recovered quickly. And I had people over and over recovering. And and once I got the word out, I was shocked at the pushback, Matt. Uh, of course, yeah. There were people who did not want an answer to this problem. And, you know, in retrospect, you can't. Uh, I did an interview in July, five and a half million views in two weeks uh, on YouTube. YouTube pulled that interview and because it was dangerous to the virus, dangerous to an agenda, dangerous to an anti-American agenda, dangerous to an attempt to get emergency use authorization approval, because if you have an effective therapy, you cannot get emergency use authorization. So I started meeting all kinds of interesting characters, Matt, that I never thought that I'd meet with three letter words, uh, all kinds of drama. And, and uh, but you know what? Uh, God takes care of his people and he allowed, they tried to stop me and the word got out December, this December, India, the second most populous country in the world says for the mild early COVID at the very beginning, the first thing to start with is budesonide. Look what God has done. And so uh, you can't stop God. You can't stop God. And uh, who shall we fear? We are not afraid. Well, this is not the land of the afraid. This is the land of the free, the home of the brave, one nation under God. And we are not helpless, uh, Matt. And so when I saw a lot of crazy things, like immediately after that interview, uh, Matthew McConaughey did an interview with Fauci on the Internet. And Matt asked him, what about budesonide for COVID? And guess what Fauci said? I'm assuming dangerous or something, correct? He, he said, well, in reality, reality, Matthew, it's just a placebo. It doesn't really work. And he didn't offer any science. But Oxford University uh, did two randomized controlled trials. That's called science for Anthony Fauci, if he's listening. Two randomized controlled trials, the stoic trial, the principal trial. And for all the doctors that like uh, Fauci, they need to listen to uh, me say the stoic trial and the principal trial. Oxford says that 90% of hospitalizations, ER visits, and urgent care visits would be prevented with early budesonide treatment by itself against COVID. 90%? That's an A. That's really good. Yeah, and that's pretty solid. And, and that 90 stuck, by the way, uh, as opposed to what they said, 90% for their vaccine. Oh, really? Uh, first shot, 
second shot, third shot, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me, fool me twice, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? Right, right. You know, in the Netherlands, they're saying six shots. Did you know that? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing, the insanity level, if you look at the United Kingdom, for example, I mean, nine out of 10, you know, deaths are fully vaccinated from COVID in the United Kingdom. Um, nobody wants to talk about, I think it's well over a thousand professional athletes now that have dropped dead around the world. Uh, the number grows, who knows what the real number is, right? We're not getting the, the real stats. Um, and, and then the, the biggest kicker to me is, is that everyone that I know that has not been vaccinated is healthy as an ox right now. You know, like the, you know, it's, it's the craziest thing. Like it was, you know, we were supposed to have, what was it? The winter of death or something along those lines. Yeah. I think he's, he threatened us with a. What was it a, a cold, dark winter or something like that? Yeah, it was something. It, it was it was Hitler esque, if I'm allowed to say that. Probably not on YouTube, but um, uh, but you know, it, it was it was disgusting. You know, the, the terminologies that were used. I've got a few of the pictures here, and I'm going to get more. I'm uploading while you're talking here. You know, Dr. Bartlett sent me some amazing stuff here. This one, I mean, you can elaborate on it. It'll show, throw it up there on the screen for us. But it's it's amazing, right? The you know, and, and you can see what Dr. Bartlett's saying here. You know, these are the comparisons for mining. Uh, you know, for you know, if you're a firefighter, for example, painter, pesticides. You know, um, I saw one. Pat Militich is a great friend of mine. You would love Pat. He's a UFC Hall of Famer. You know, uh, the first middleweight champ in the UFC, trained you know dozens of world champs. And you know, basically, the stuff that the weed killer kills is what cures you know cures cancer. You know, they use dandelions and things now in curing cancers. Nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, and then, don't confuse anybody with evidence or facts, Matt. <laughs> Right, right. And then, you know, and the, the amazing thing to me, not only on top of that, that situation, but then you look at, uh, you know, Iver, you know, Ivermectin, the one that we're not, we weren't allowed to say forever, uh, even though the, the head of the entire medical industry in Japan came out, you know, I think this was, God, I think it was late last fall when he recommended everyone taking it in all of Japan. You look at what in, the Indian government did for $2.95 US, they literally put a, a kit together of, you know, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, a Z-Pack, they even put, you know, pharmaceutical grade zinc, whatever that is, and some other things in this kit, send it out. They beat the Delta variant in three weeks with a population of 1.4 billion. But we weren't allowed to talk about that in the United States. Um, I, I know you're as frustrated probably as I have been through this, these last two and a half years. Um, I, I, I'm going to I've got to talk some, some more stuff here. But basically, with what we're seeing in China, is this, in your opinion, just pandering? to try to head towards another lockdown as we head into midterms in the United States or, um, and I've been attacked by both sides of the aisle when I say this, is there a chance it's this hemorrhagic fever that I've been getting some reports from, from people that I know in the intelligence community? And are they, are they really scared and worried about that? And that's why Shanghai has 28 million people locked down. Am I wrong? Right. It's a theory. What's your take on that? I know you, I know you study this stuff. So uh, COVID is not the only thing that was cooked up in a bioweapons lab. Bioweapon labs are real. Bioweapons are real. Chemical weapons are real. Nuclear weapons are real. Uh, and so uh, why do they make bioweapons? Uh, well, to kill people. And so when you hear of some of the ingredients uh, and some of the information that's coming out now that didn't come from Fauci, that didn't come from Dr. Ja, the uh, COVID czar didn't come from the CDC is coming from people who think 
who are looking at the information and they're saying, this doesn't make sense. Um, so I am convinced uh, you're asking a very good question. There have been reports of hemorrhagic fever uh, and you've seen those reports. I've seen those reports in China. And uh, that was a big concern when the Olympics was going to be in China, or is everybody going to be bringing a disease back? And so I had that concern because we've already been through hell and back with COVID, right? Right. And, and so here's some thoughts I have. Uh, that Dr. Redfield that used to be in charge of the CDC, he said COVID was just the beginning. The next one's going to be much worse. And he said it was going to be uh, bird flu. Because he said it was going to be bird flu, I'm sure it's not going to be bird flu. That's just my opinion. Because he said that, I'm just thinking, oh, I know it won't be. But Matt, why at the the CDC.gov website, I mean, the FDA.gov website, why do they have why do they have a, a, a smallpox update where they're saying smallpox was eradicated in 1980? But during the COVID pandemic, when we're all supposed to be afraid, be very afraid of COVID, and that's all that we were supposed to be thinking about, why did they FDA approve a new smallpox vaccine and two new smallpox medicines right. during, during the COVID pandemic? Well, um, I'm just going to let that speak for itself. Yeah. Uh, the hemorrhagic fever, the Ebola is a hemorrhagic fever. Marburg right. is a hemorrhagic right. fever. And, and the hemorrhagic fevers are normally in Africa. What's this going on in China? And, and so then you think, well, we did have something that uh, Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Rand Paul, who's a real hero, uh, had a fistful of evidence And he was shaking it under Fauci's nose on the Senate floor in front of the whole world about the funding money trail for gain of function research, right? What is gain of function research? It's a funny term for gene splicing, splicing in dangerous genes into a common cold virus or another virus to make it more deadly, to make it a bioweapon. That's what gain of function is. And it's it's outlawed for those that don't know. I mean, it's illegal. You're not allowed to do it, um, yet they are doing it. And then we look at, you know, Jack Maxey, who is a friend of mine who's in Switzerland now, who has, you know, now we've got ties with Hunter Biden, too, made a biota, which is the biolabs in China, as well as the Ukraine. This thing is just it's a revolving door at this point. I I don't really know if, you know, I think the biggest concern is we all kind of know what's happening, those that are paying attention. And then there's a, a small group of, of, you know, Christians, conservatives, I think are really paying attention. But I think, uh, sadly, a big chunk is just kind of going on with their day-to-day lives. You know, they're thinking, hey, we're almost to summer. We're going to spend time on the lake. We're going to the beach. Um, I, I don't know. I have a faith that if we take back the House and the Senate in the midterms, that we might actually see some justice for what's been done to this country and the world the last two and a half years. That's the theory, right? If, 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 it, if it goes the right way and they do what they should do. Um, only a president can fire Dr. Ha- Dr. Fauci. That's it. Only a president can do that. Well, I uh, recommend it. I, I, right? No, I think we all do. Uh, my question is, in your opinion, you know, as a medical professional, I mean, should Fa- Fauci face charges with what he's done here? I mean, it's, it's what he's done. I mean, not just the loss of life, but I mean, the loss of economic poverty, uh, the illegal 
fund. First off, America sending any money to fund any kind of laboratory in China should never happen. They are our enemy. They 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 don't have our best interest at heart. Uh, to me, the you know another you talk about what was the stupidest thing in two and a half years was all of these companies buying you know literally buying billions of masks from the people that gave you the virus, buying billions of test kits from the same people that gave you the virus. Um, I even have a problem sticking the sticking the thing up my nose because it all comes from China. Um, hello, hello. You know, and, and so all of that is true, Matt. And so. I can't say what was the stupidest thing in the last two years, but I can say medical ethics. January 1, 2020, the American healthcare system was hijacked and a bunch of clowns that I'd never heard of before were in positions of power and they were they were directing things and patient rights got trampled. And what is medical ethics? There's four tenets. One is autonomy, your body, your choice. You get to choose whether you want chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, or you're not going to get any treatment. You're in charge. You get to make the choices, not the doctor, not the nurse, not the government. And so autonomy was trampled. Secondly, and people who were standing as powers of attorney and next of kin for a loved one in the hospital were kept away from the patients, kept out of the loop of the care, not informed, which is against, which I think is criminal and uh, is unethical. And they were not allowed to be a part of the patient care and decision-making many times. And so autonomy. Second was do no harm. Wow, a great deal of harm has been done. And, I, and I'm sure that not every patient that got remdesivir was told about all the possible risks. I am sure that all the patients that got a COVID shot were not told of all the risks. And that's unethical. According to the American Medical Association, doctors have a responsibility, and I agree that we should tell the risk and benefit of every treatment option and tell every treatment option. But people weren't told about what came out. You know, the Pfizer, I'm going to say the other two things, do no harm and also alleviate human suffering. That's a good idea. There were people that were starved in the hospital, not given IV fluids in the hospital. Uh, How about... Uh, and they were kept away from their loved ones. You're supposed to alleviate human suffering. And the fourth one is justice. And I'm waiting for justice to be served, Matt. Uh, and it may be slow, but I believe it's coming because the truth is coming out. And I want to touch on something real quick. Absolutely. When I talk about informed consent, doctors are supposed to tell the risk and benefit of every treatment option, including the shot. And you know what? Pfizer made a list. Pfizer made the list of over 1,200 bad outcomes, diagnoses, terrible death and disability, heart attacks, strokes, different kinds of cancers. In the middle of that list, Matt, is Kaposi sarcoma, AIDS cancer. Wow. Did you, did you hear me? AIDS wow. cancer, Kaposi sarcoma. What wow. is AIDS? Acquired immune deficiency syndrome. It's acquired, meaning you didn't have it, and then you had it. Why did... Why did you get that when you get AIDS, a Kaposi sarcoma? That's how you diagnose AIDS. You get HIV and you get Kaposi sarcoma. Those two together, you're diagnosed with, with AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Why did they put that on the list? We've never had one product made by a pharmaceutical company that had AIDS cancer on the list. Pfizer made that list. Matt, Pfizer made that list. No one else made that list about their product. 
the FDA wow. looked at that. The FDA looked at that list of 1,200 diagnoses and AIDS cancer, and they and and they decided, hey, let's put this out to the public. Oh, let's mandate it. Let's force it. But nobody that got the shot was told Kaposi sarcoma, AIDS cancer was a risk that I'm aware of. Man, that's just it's it's sickening when you see this. And you know, and when you talk about sarcoma, I mean, I know firsthand how nasty that is. My father had a you know had throat cancer and has beat it. You know, you've had three horrific surgeries, radiation, chemotherapy, and you know what I'm talking about there when I talk about you know sar- the type of cancer that is. He's a walking miracle. He should not. Uh, he should not be living today, but he's a miracle. And thanks to God above, he is. Um, but, and Matt, so, yeah. but Matt, I'm talking about a specific kind of AIDS cancer. You can't get AIDS cancer unless you get AIDS. No, that, no, that, no. And that, and that comes from the vaccine, exactly what you're saying. I mean, I was just saying, like, I, I've seen how nasty that truly is. And, uh, you know, like, you know, my, it was, on, I mean, what somebody goes through having that, you know, and, and it's it's just one of those things where um, the fact that they're they're doing these things, the fact that HIV has been detected with multiple tests, um, the people and it's from people who have been vaccinated. You know, that's that's realistically where it's coming from uh, is, is the vaccinations themselves. And then they want to continue to boost. It's what is it doing to your immune system? Also, the ones that continue to get boosted. I mean, their immune system has to be shredded at that point. So, right. So, Matt. Uh, if uh, so, AIDS cancer, uh, that's uh, where your immune system is shot and you right. get, you have to have AIDS and then you get the Kaposi sarcoma. What is that doing on the list? I think that speaks for itself, but it also has uh, heart uh, diseases like myocarditis, sudden death, heart attack, right. clots in the coronary artery. Uh, I work as an ER doctor. Just yesterday, I was popping a dislocated shoulder back in place. I'm taking care of hepatitis. I'm taking care of heart attacks, sewing people up. This is what I do. And in the ER over the last two years, when the vaccines got rolled out, I started taking care of strokes, Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, where you got ascending paralysis and you got to be wheeled in in the wheelchair. Wow. And and if you don't get treated, you might stop breathing because the paralysis paralysis continues to arise and then it can take out your diaphragm and you can die just from suffocation. I took care of transverse myelitis where your spinal cord is hit and you're paralyzed from the waist down. All of these happened after these patients were vaccinated. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am the doctor taking care of these patients. And so I have seen this with my own eyes. And and you've seen it firsthand. And... and as far as what you saw, let's say 2019, right before this became full bore in 2020, was it like night and day what you saw in the ER compared to year to year or year over year? Yeah, uh, we never had the United States under attack with a bioweapon before. Right. Not the not the whole population. There was uh, bioweapons in history. We had the anthrax scare. That was real. That was a bioweapon. Right. But, but right. this was definitely a bioweapon, gain of function research and unleashed on the whole world. And uh, as far as motives, that's not my job. My job sure. is to take care of people. So thank God he gave me a winning strategy with budesonide, Amen. which was validated by Oxford. He gets all the credit. I'm just right. a messenger. But I'll tell you, Matt, I think people tried to shoot the messenger for a while there, even literally. Oh, I, well, I've seen what they've done attacking yourself and attacking uh, you know, Dr. McCullough attacking Dr. Zelenko. I mean, they've came after all of you who have, you know, stood strong and stood there. You know, uh, you know, there's uh, so many others, uh, you know, uh, frontline doctors. I know you're you're probably part of that group. There's a whole group of y'all that are in that group of uh, of warriors and, and, and people of faith that have said, no, we're not going to let people die. Not on our watch. We're going to use preventative medicine. That to me, I've never seen in my in my lifetime. I'm 43 years old. I've never in my lifetime did I think I would see. Uh, physicians just refuse to treat you based on what they were told by their superiors or higher ups. Um, and we saw it all across the country, right? A, a generation ago, that wouldn't have flown. That would not have flown with yeah. people that lived in their community and they were taking care of their neighbors in the emergency room and they were taking care of their neighbors in their office. Uh, you could not have gotten away with this. But we've got a situation where healthcare was kind of derailed uh, about 30 years ago, where they started focusing on cost containment. And we started having H- HMOs that got sued for racketeering. And I stood up for my patients during that. Uh, and, you know, Aetna settled for over $400 million out of court before the trial for racketeering charges, RICO charges. Blue Cross settled for over $880 million. That, that was kept out of the public's eye. But I have seen how in the last 30 years we've been set up for this situation, Matt. And uh, I fought for my patients then. I'm fighting for them now. And yes, I could lose my license. They've tried to take it three times and they've been shown to be bogus, uh, frivolous, uh, obnoxious, inappropriate. And it's been shot down all three times. God is my defender. But uh, that doesn't mean they haven't tried. And they've and I've had a situation where I was literally in something was uh, uh, an attack on me physically where I was literally paralyzed for a moment. Uh, and so I've had all kinds of things against me, Matt. But you, you know what? I know doctors who took down their shingle at the beginning of COVID, closed their offices because they were scared. And then I know other doctors who have a conflict of interest financially 
that they're worried about losing their their uh, job, losing their credibility with their peers. What's that compared to someone losing their wife or their husband or their daughter or their son or their mother or their father? If I was, that's why I keep, I haven't suffered anything like that. I haven't lost my wife. Thank you, Jesus. But there are people who have that shouldn't have, and I'm ready for justice. Let me ask you a question here. Just something that, you know, spitballing with you, because it's something, you know, I, I don't tell a whole lot of people this. I was, I hate to call myself a hospital administrator, but I ran a chain of medical clinics for several years and I had 22 clinics in six states. So a lot of people don't know that about me. That when I talk about preventative medicine and I look at infections and, and there are, you know, there, you know, I would have doctors that would say, oh, I'm not going to write that because I don't want people getting, you know, uh, abusive on antibiotics, getting hooked on them to where they become dormant, don't worry. You know, there's the argument that they would make on why they didn't want to write certain things. But when you look at the death rate, right, that, that, that we saw with COVID in the initial stages, I, I'm just throwing this, I'm spitballing out here as somebody who's ran clinics and, you know, and had backup physicians, overseeing physicians, NPs, PAs, all that working for me, reporting to me. My question would simply just be this. It would be, okay, I understand that we're, we're kind of, we don't know what the hell this is, but this person has an infection. Yes or no? Yes, he does. She does. Why would we, yeah, I know you, I know, I know you did this, so it has nothing to do with you, but I'm talking about hundreds, you know where I'm going with this, I think, hundreds of thousands of nurses, doctors, physicians across the country that wouldn't do it. I'm going, why are we not prescribing doxycycline? Why are we not throwing amoxicillin at them? Why are we not throwing a Z-pack at them? Why were we not just throwing things at that point? Hell, they're going to die anyway to try to clear infections up. Why were we putting them on, uh, you know, uh, zithromycin on a drip or something? You know where I'm going with this. What the hell was going on in some Matt, of these corporate hospitals? Matt, you're, you're saying, you're saying, why did they go with a strategy called late care only? Right. Yes. You know, when you have a deadly disease that's sweeping across the world, why are they saying stay home and tough it out with Tylenol and get really sick and then come in and then we'll try to put you on a ventilator? Right. Why did, why did they say, don't worry, we ventilators, ventilators, we need more ventilators. When obviously in the beginning, it was reported that 80 percent of the people that got on a ventilator died. So maybe that might be something you might want to avoid at all costs, if possible. Why, why, when they heard a winning strategy that was later validated by Oxford, even though the media has suppressed it, why didn't the doctors do the right thing and act on the evidence from Oxford University that I had talked about a year before of budesonide, an anti-inflammatory medicine that's $3 a treatment. Nobody's going to get rich off of it. Big Pharma's not going to make any money. It's, it's targeted uh, anti-inflammatory medicine for an inflammatory lung disease. It shuts off the release of the cytokines at the source. It, it takes people off of ventilators. It takes people out of the hospital. It restores them to total recovery uh, over and over again. And the reports were out there. I wrote a paper about it, citing 50 referenced articles that were already out there. And still, they didn't do it. Did they do it? Be- did they not do it because... Um, you're, you're asking, why did they do late care? Why did they not do early treatment? Why did they ignore me? Why did they right. ignore Oxford University? And right. they still are. There's actually still some people who might think about early treatment that are ignoring Oxford University, by the way. And, but I'll tell you. rights in other states, like I know, you know, where you're practicing at and, and others are at. What if they come to their doctor in, I don't know, Sheboygan? I'm just throwing it out there. 
and they're they're not feeling well, but they're like, hey, I'd like to try this. You know, what happened to, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty confident we have a right to try in this country. We the do. President of the United States signed that. President Trump did. Why? How can they legally not allow them to try that medication? Well, I think bottom line, a lot of illegal things were done in the last two and a half years by doctors and nurses and hospitals. A lot of illegal things were done. A lot of unethical things were done. And I've just mentioned ethics earlier, and they certainly trampled on that. You know, we never what happened to the good old days when they when you'd see in the Westerns, Doc, do whatever you can. It may not work, but do the best you can. I, I just appreciate you doing whatever you can to save my loved one. These days you had doctors. I'll give you an example. A doctor called a patient who dropped his wife off at the ER. Both of them were sick. This was in Odessa, Texas, where in West Texas, where I am. And he comes to the hospital and drops his, he and his wife both tested positive for COVID. They take her away, put her on a ventilator that day. And he is sent home because he, his oxygen level wasn't low enough yet, even though he was very sick, with no treatment offered to him. And he gets called four days later. And the doctor calls him and says, we need your permission to pull the tube out of her throat and let her die in four days. He says, no, I can't do that. My wife made me promise that we'd do all we could to save her life for, so she can be here for our children. He gets a call a second time from that doctor who's now angry and says, we need your permission. We need DNR and do not resuscitate orders from you so we can pull the tube and, and, let, and let her die, kill her. He says, no, she, they call it, the doctor calls a third time. And, and now he says, no. And she says, well, we're going to get a, a court order from a judge and we're going to pull the plug without you. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think unbelievable. And so he calls me that night after that total stranger. He tracks me down because he had heard me on the radio and asked me if I would help. He adds me to a phone call the next morning. And we get a hold of that doctor. Uh, he had the doctor on the line when he calls me and adds me to the call as a friend of the family. And I tell the doctor, you know, he want, the family wants budesonide. You could do that. And he says, I'll check into it. I said, no, you could do that. He says, no, I'll check into it. I said, no, you can do it. And he says, all right, all right, I'll do it. In one hour, she's off of 100% oxygen down to 90%. In one week, she's oh off God. the ventilator. In two weeks, she's home with the family. She celebrates Christmas, Thanksgiving, Resurrection Sunday, wedding anniversaries, children's birthday parties, and they wanted to her to die. That was their only offering. And if they and if you were not able to intervene there, she would have died more, more than likely. Well, my reward from those doctors, that doctor had several other doctors, and they all turned in a complaint to the medical board. Of course they did, yeah. Which got dismissed. They weren't celebrating that this patient lived. They were angry that she lived, and they were angry at me. Well, and so I, uh, that's how it goes. You're not but one you, of those guys. I, I mean, once again, we know a lot of the same people. And I know your reputation, not just as a physician, but you know, as as a person from people that we're both friends with. And you're a guy who not not only do you lead by example, but you have a big heart. And you know, running clinics. Trust me. I mean, there are a lot of <laughs> egos out there. Uh, in, in, in the field you're in, but you're not one of those guys because you're tr you truly love helping people. And, I love uh, people. Yeah, right. I, love I love that race called the human race. Right. Uh, no matter what color, we're all human race. And Matt, uh, people don't know this, but I have six adopted kids. We got every race. And so uh, don't call me anything funny. There's only one race, the human race, and we should help each other. And I, I see a whole lot of people from different cultures that are in healthcare right now 
that are not a part of the solution. And, uh, you know, in Christianity, we're told to love our neighbor like ourselves. In Christianity, we're told to, to be a blessing. We're here to help other people. And Amen. so I think uh, that culture, the basic culture that made America great has been, uh, has been degraded in the last couple of years. And I think we're seeing the evidence of that, that healthcare was used as a tool to try to take control of the people and take their rights away and to control people. And uh, there's a lot of evidence for that. That's my opinion, Matt. I agree with that. I think they tried to break the will of the people. I think they did a pretty good job of it. I mean, you know, you, when you walk through airports, uh, I was talking with a friend this afternoon, she was, she and I were talking and she said, you know, when you walk through airports, uh, you see a defeated people, you know, when they're the way their, their eyes look, some of them are home, some are checked out, some look down at their shoes, but 95% of them are, are a defeated people in these airports in America that are, that have been traveling during these two years. And I think, that was their goal, like you said. I really believe their goal was to try to impose their will and see how much they could push and take and prod and and see if if the people would crack. And and I hope that, you know, as we move into a, a massive midterm election year, that the people wake up and realize they have a chance to take some of their rights in their country back in a lot of different levels and states and the federal as well. I've got some pictures here. I'm gonna let you explain these. I know the story because Pastor Gibson, you know, uh, sent these to me a while back, but, um, so what, what, you see there, what you see is a, a plastic bag and on it, it's stamped equipment cover. And there's wow. no air holes in that. that. That's a patient that tested positive for COVID in a hospital, medical center hospital in Odessa, Texas. And they had a protocol for almost a year. Uh, if someone tested positive for COVID and their, even if their oxygen level was low, they were going to put a plastic equipment bag over their head down to their arms. And you really can't even lift your arms. You're kind of, it's a restraint. It's a physical restraint, which is also illegal. And it's, wow. it's not improving their oxygen level. No, uh, it's not made for human use. It's made for as an equipment cover. To show this isn't a one-time thing. Here's another one, right? And so this one is a child. This one is a teenager. Wow. That's a minor. Matt. If you went to if you walked down the street and you looked in a living room window and you saw a child with a plastic bag being put over its head, what would you think? Is that mal is that child abuse? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm the parent. I mean, you know, I've got two daughters, you know, 14 and eight. Uh, yeah, this is my kid. We're having you know, it's being ripped off and we have a real problem here. Well, let me, tell you, let me tell you the story, Matt, since you were a hospital, you ran clinics. This mother. Uh, the mother of this child uh, was worried because her oxygen level dropped after she was diagnosed with COVID. She was anxious, short of breath, hypoxic. People get really anxious when their oxygen level's low. It's dangerous. And so she seeks help. She brings her to the hospital. And after she gets tested positive there again, they, they rip this plastic bag. You, you go to the grocery store in the produce section, they got a roll of plastic bags and you rip that plastic bag off. That's how this is. It's a roll of plastic bags that are not sterile. And they just ripped it off the roll. And they started to put this over the daughter. The mother says, what, what, what are you doing? And they said, this is what we do. She tested positives. She says, no, you don't have to. And, and they forced it. She, the daughter did not want this put over her head. The daughter now is, she was low on oxygen. Her oxygen level is in the 80s. And she's wow. not on supplemental oxygen in the picture. Look at the picture. There's no oxygen. Yeah, she has yeah. a mask on She's she is she's reaches under the bag and she's anxious and she's, uh, hypoxic and short of breath. 
She reaches under the bag. See how she's restrained physically, Matt? Yeah, yeah. She reaches under the bag to try to pull the mask off her face. And she gets barked at and scolded. Put that mask back on underneath the bag. No, there's no oxygen on her. That's called bad medicine. I'm just going to say that's not, that's counter science. When someone is low on oxygen, we give them oxygen. We don't deprive them of oxygen. This was not helping. And this was a strategy that was almost a year. And so it continued until I stood up against it, Matt. But when I stood up against it, guess what happened? There was a campaign to try to undo me. Of course. course. And and the the hospital administrator doubled down defending this. And I unbelievable is right. And then they got investigated by the state, which found as soon as the senior investigator came from the state capitol to into the hospital, she almost immediately encountered two people that were being wheeled around with this bag over the head. I couldn't believe that it was still going on. And she found four other infractions is what I understand. And, and they and my understanding is that they needed to correct that or they might lose their funding from Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah, I mean, and they were also, I'm, I'm trying to pull up another pick here, but they were also trying to even, they were even doing the equipment that way too, not just the people, right? They were doing- well, it's, it's made for equipment to keep dust off of equipment. Right, right. But, but it's not made to keep dust off of uh, patients, off of humans. Right. As a matter of fact, it's a suffocation risk to put plastic bags over people's heads. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When already short of breath. So this is an example. This is the picture of medical tyranny. This is the epitome of the stupidity that has happened in the name of COVID. People should not swallow whatever they say just because they say it. And uh, you don't need to do uh, research to, to know that putting a plastic bag over a child's head is child abuse. You don't need to do research to know that when someone's low on oxygen and their oxygen level is literally in the 80s and they have COVID, a respiratory, acute respiratory disease that's killing hundreds of thousands of people, that you shouldn't put a plastic bag over their head. But it goes beyond that. L- listen to this, Matt. They were telling the patients to keep the bag and reuse that bag over and over in the hospital. Oh, I thought it was a highly contagious respiratory disease that we're supposed to be so afraid of that we won't let loved ones in the hospital, but we're going to let you keep this contaminated bag and keep putting it over yeah. your head. Well, it, Matt, the final thing is they sent people, sent this bag home with the patients that did live. Oh my God. Instead of putting it in a biohazard waste bag. Well, Matt, explain well, to the listeners what, a, what biohazard means. Yeah, well, I, I literally just when I and this is t- I'm talking two or three months into this pandemic, um, and I ended, I think I got a three day suspension on Twitter for saying this, and all I said was, and you know where I'm going with this, but I literally said, you know, folks, if this is a con- as contagious as they claim it is, I'm not going to be walking out of a hospital, which I you know I'd been up at, up at one to visit a buddy, and literally the trash can on the outside of the ER is overflowing with masks coming out of it onto the ground. And the masks are laying all around the trash can. These would have been biohazard. They would have had biohazard bins. The same thing they do with syringes. The same thing they do with, you know, with plasma or anything of that level. It's highly contagious. Because it's contagious. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's crazy. And then, you know, you sent me this one, which I'd read this, you know, uh, it's it's fairly new. I read a few days ago. And I want want you to explain this. Um, It's out there, you know, natural news. Other people put it out. We probably should have it up at the DC Patriot. It's just the news cycle, as you know, Doc, it never ends. I'm worn out just trying to cover everything anymore. It's just it's just a revolving door. 
But what about the snake venom peptides? This story is just now coming out. It's a venom tech company announces that they have a massive library of snake venom peptides for pharmaceutical development. Uh, nano carriers, they stabilize snake venom in water. What the hell is this? Is this real? It's, it's real. That's, that's a real story. And Brian Artis uh, was, the, was the American citizen that has rights that did research and uncovered all of the information about the risk with remdesivir and the history of remdesivir. Right. And people considered him a hero. And you know what? They couldn't shut him down because everything he said, he backed up. But he's the also the Dr. Brian Artis is the fellow who uncovered all of this information about snake venom in healthcare. And uh, the evidence will speak for itself. He found over 1,200 articles. I'm saying there's not one article about bats and bat soup right. uh, related to COVID that is valid. But there's a whole lot of information that's coming out. And let the evidence speak for itself. Yeah. I, I'm a doctor in West Texas, Matt. So I've treated rattlesnake bites. I'm very familiar. And so rattlesnakes venom has many peptides, many poisons. It's not just one. There's some that affect clotting. There's some that affect the heart. There's some that affect the brain and the nervous system, neurotoxins. It's a, it's a mixture of many poisons. And so let's bring it back, Matt. Gain of function research is a fancy word for making a bioweapon, taking a highly contagious respiratory virus and weaponizing it, putting something, splicing something in there that could make it very dangerous. What would be dangerous? Maybe a neurotoxin, maybe something that affects clotting, maybe something that affects your lungs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, there sure is a lot of information coming out now. This is insanity because, I mean, I'm looking at this and it's, you know, it says they're collaborating with Charles River Laboratories International. And then basically, basically venom derived compounds for a wide road. Now, what in the, what, you know, it, you know, as uh, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, Pastor Brian Gibson's one of my pastors. I'm, I'm blessed to have him and Pastor Todd Coconado and others in my life. And, and, and the whole point is here is I'm, tr I'm trying not to cuss here because I've been doing a lot better at it. But at the same time, what in the blue hell could you possibly derive from venom that would be therapeutic for, for people? Well, I mean, is there know, something here? I'm just, I'm just saying uh, we know that uh, King Cobra venom, rattlesnake venom, uh, that uh, – Educate us on Chinese crepe uh, snake in China are venom. Snake venom is dangerous. And I've actually treated people that have been bit by rattlesnakes. I know what to do for it and I know how it acts. I think that uh, gain of function research really did happen. I think it really was funded. I think Rand Paul is a hero to have mm -hmm. the courage to bring that evidence out for the funding of gain-of-function research and wave it under Fauci's nose. Did you notice Fauci looked like he was caught red-handed on oh, his yeah. heels, stuttering and stammering in front of the whole world? What uh, is going on here? And if, if someone aggressively attacks Dr. Brian Artis right now, I think they're outing themselves as potentially, um, I think they might be a controlled opposition that's planted or they're on the other side. I think you're right. And the more I, you know, the more you read on this, and of course I, I was going to bring it up to you, but the more you read on this, the more it, it reads like a creepy Stephen King novel. 
where it says we have the largest library of naturally sourced venom-derived compounds in the UK from a growing collection of vertebrate and invertebrate species. So they're even growing the things. They're even growing the snakes somewhere, right? That's what I would take by that, correct? Yeah. Actually, they can make, now they in the lab, they can make these proteins, these poisons. And so they're literally able wow. to do that now. And oh, by the way, did I did we mention messenger RNA technologies out there now where you could actually make genes for these venoms? Wow. Oh, oh, I wonder what that I wonder what that's all about. Hey, yeah. If someone is speaking against Brian Artis, if you go to Mike, is it Mike Adams that has the Health Ranger? He's is, got yeah. he's got the links to all of those articles. People just need to look for themselves. Americans are not stupid. No, we sir. Can think. And so we're still the land of the free, the home of the brave, and we got a brain. And so every American can look at the information and, and they can kind of put two, two plus two together. Let Why are we having data function bioweapons? And then what could they possibly be putting in well, it? Let me paint a horrific picture here. I mean, I don't think any of us with a, with a functioning brain cell trust Bill Gates at all. The guy who wants to depopulate the world and has been vocal about it and multiple videos of him talking about depopulation needs to occur. And then, of course, you know, he literally met with his uh, I, it's not Bohemian Grove type stuff, but it's, you know, their little billionaires club where they meet up about controlling the world. You know, he's done a couple of those meetings uh, to talk about depopulization. Now we know it's came out in the last six weeks that Bill Gates owns the most farmland in America. He's been buying up farms all over, has over 300,000 acres. That's that's what we know of. And we wouldn't know that, like you said, except for an, an investigative journalist you know, up in Minnesota or somewhere like that, couldn't, or no, sorry, it's Washington State, he's got them all over, was couldn't figure out who bought 14,500 acres of prime farmland, and they were trying to hide who it was, and she dig, dig, you know, and ended up finding out it was Bill Gates, who had bought that almost 15,000 acres in Washington State. So then you talk about the venom that you're talking about here, they, they're claiming it's for crop protection. So think about this for a second. A guy that wants to depopulate the world. I'm, I'm just painting a picture. I'm not saying one way or the other, folks, that are watching. The guy wants to depopulate the world. He's buying up all the farmland in America. He's the largest farm owner in America. And now they have venom peptides that they're going to use to protect crops, which is basically poisonous. I'm, I'm just putting two and two together here. Somebody's got to say it, right? Uh, I, I'm just saying um, food is good for humans. Uh, and rattlesnake venom and snake venom is bad for humans. And I'm just, you know, that I think everybody understands I'm that. I'm going to put you on the spot here. On the record, Doc, you would say butternut squash with snake venom is probably not edible. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, I just, this is unbelievable that this is, this is a real story. That might be more dangerous than, than bat soup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what's, what's coming next? I mean, it's, it's just, well, we've talked about a few things that I think are coming. And, you know, I'm so over COVID. We all I think, are. I think everybody in America is pretty much over it. But, you know, you see some people whose will has been broke. They have been brainwashed and they're wearing a, a surgical mask, driving a car by themselves. No one else in the car. That's really happening. And, and you see people who are who are terrified, who are in fear, wearing double masks. And uh, because Fauci said that and and they're in, uh, you know, at this point, you got to say, hey, Matt, uh, enough is enough. I, I said on Texas Independence Day, I said the masquerade is over. This is a masquerade. The masquerade is over. 
And I'm going to say the charade is over, that we're tired of playing these games. And uh, yes, this was a deadly disease for many people, Matt. I got COVID and I normally can run a seven minute mile on the treadmill and I could not walk to the end of the block because of shortness of breath. It could have killed me if I didn't have the treatment that I used, budesonide, clarithromycin, aspirin. And I lived and other people have lived because they got early treatment. Early treatment saves lives. And we had some winning strategies that were literally an answer to prayer. When I talked to Zev Zelenko, he tracked me down and did a podcast. He held up a box of budesonide and he said, Doc, I'm using your medicine myself. He's a hero. Yeah. Uh, and he's brave. He he decided early treatment. I'm not going to watch my people die. I'm not going to let them die without me trying to save their life. And I commend Zev Zelenko for that and others that did that. But there are some people who are just they're they're looking for uh, me. They're media hounds. They want attention. They're looking for the camera. And there's some people who have been on the tr- on the speaking circuit lately that are just looking for press time. They're trying to sell stuff, but I'm not trying to sell anything. There's a lot of people that are that are just standing up trying to save people's lives. And I'm proud to know them. Dr. Urso in Houston, Dr. Armstrong, who saved many people's lives in the nursing home at the beginning of the pandemic. Dr. Stella Emanuel. There's many heroes, Dr. Jim Meehan and many others. Meehan's great as well. And I don't tell this story very often, but being a doc, you might agree. I'll make it quick because I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, but you know, literally in 2000, late summer of 2018, now I don't know what it was, but I can tell you that you know my cardiologist was very, they were stumped by it. I ended up going in. I'd been traveling a lot. I was campaigning for a congresswoman in Nevada. I'd been to the NRA meetings in Dallas. I'd been investigating the Bay. I was all over the country traveling. And every week I'd travel, I got to where it was harder and harder to walk long distances. I couldn't figure it out. And it also, you know, helped me to, to get back in shape and to, and to start working out hard again, this, this situation. But anyway, I decided finally, you know, after, after two months of fighting it, I was coughing, only, you know, sleeping an hour to a night. Uh, my mom asked my mom to come and take me because I didn't want my daughters to go to the ER and possibly get sick, you know. And uh, I had all my stuff, laptop, charging blocks, the whole nine yards. And my mom's like, it's that I, I literally thought I had cancer. I mean, I was hurting that bad. Went in and, and the ER doc literally, you know, uh, you know, saved my life. You know, he said, man, he said, you've got pneumonia in both both lobes. And uh, he said, we're going to admit you. But they gave me a breathing treatment and it put my heart into AFib. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase i've only told this story a couple of times in the last four years I ended up spending 12 days in the cardio wing and, uh, and it was, it was a scary time, but it, it woke me. It would have been through this, you know, I, and it was listed as coronavirus on the chart then, by the way. 
Oh, you know? Matt, let me, let me interrupt for a second. Yeah, no, please do. They were so budesonide is used for for asthma. It's used for emphysema. It's used for ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is what COVID causes. It's used for wow. COVID. Wow. But albuterol is what the many doctors were giving, and and that's great medicine for asthma. It's a terrible idea for COVID, and they continue to do it, not because exactly anyone, what happened to me. Yeah, it put me in the cardio wing for 12 days. Because yeah. COVID is an inflammatory disease where you got all these inflammatory chemicals called cytokines coursing right. through your veins and arteries, going to your heart, which could attack the heart. And so the heart is super inflamed, and then you give it something that could cause an arrhythmia, albuterol. That's malpractice in my mind. Yet right. it's been done over and over and over again by respiratory therapists and doctors and nurses that should know better that COVID is an inflammatory disease with cytokines that someone's at increased risk of an arrhythmia and you experienced it. So I'm just calling that out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's why I wanted to bring the story to, to your attention. And literally I was in there. It was one of those things where they, I remember the, the hospitalist, the kidney doctor and the cardiologist all kind of debating over what to do with me. And I, and I was in bad shape and then I was by myself. My mom had stepped out. And this was a little over about four years ago. And I think the hospitalist went out because he's the one that's there the most, obviously, you know. And and uh, so they put me on IVs. I went and I've lost a lot of weight since then. Because this really woke my 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 as my grandpa would say, he called me a DA. You probably know what that stands for. Woke my DA up on my health. And uh, but literally I went from I went from 322 to 366.5 in two days. Yep. I gained 45 pounds of water weight in two days. So they came and put in a pick line and a catheter while I was awake. And, and I, I was, based on my long story short, my dad's cardiologist recognized me. He was making the rounds. And he said, do you remember me? And I said, hey, Dr. Riley, how are you? And he said, are you diabetic? And I said, no, sir. He said, no, you're not. I'm looking at your labs. Why do they have you on diabetic drip? And he literally started pulling things out. Make a long story short, he saved my life. And it was, it's he did save your life. Matt, they were giving you IV steroids. And IV steroids can cause you to go into insulin diabetes. Many people who... Are, have a tendency towards that, go get pushed into insulin diabetes, and then they give insulin drip in the hospital. This has happened over and over again where they cause problems with, uh, with one treatment, and then they're chasing their tail trying to treat the problem they caused, and, they're, and people spiral down the toilet, and, they, and, and people are dying because of that kind of stupidity. It's it's crazy, and and I ended up you know twelve days later I ended up for, I mean it's crazy I lost seventeen and a half pounds in one day with the lacing trip, and I I rolled out of there at three ten, and uh, you know and, and it, I, it's one of those things where, you know I think it saved my life you know honestly the experience but it was but basically the whole point is is when people tell me about COVID I know what these folks are going through double pneumonia, you know and and I remember going to the specialist three weeks afterwards and, I, and my Mom was with me, you know, she's still a protective mom, even though she's 70 years old, you know, she said, well, what caused it? And he said, you know, we don't, I've never seen anything like it. He said, I've been a cardiologist for 26 years. And he said, your son had multiple different pneumonia strains at the same time, bacterial and viral. He said, I've never seen anything like it in 26 years. And so I don't know what the, you know, and it just so happens I was investigating the murder of Seth Rich and had just been uh, heavily sued by some folks in DC. So, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I, once again, um, hey, I, facts are facts, man. Yeah, I, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. So that's why for me, like, I, I think as long as you've got a great physician like yourself and you take care of yourself and you're proactive, not reactive to stuff, I think you're going to be fine. But it's just a matter of 
uh, people been lulled to sleep. I've never, you know, sending people home to just die is unbelievable to me. Uh, and you've been right there on the front lines fighting it. Um, and I know, you know, talking with Pastor Gibson and others, I mean, he knows countless lives you've saved and, uh, you know, he loves you to death. He and Jesse do. And I mean, uh, uh, and so do so do many others in this movement. And, you know, I've got Dr. Mark Sherwood on tomorrow. I know you guys know each other. And so just um, anything you can give advice wise out there. I know it's hard, you know, you know, it's hard as a physician to do that with all the eyeballs and things, but I'm not talking from a medical standpoint, just what can people do in your opinion with this, that are worried for health wise, what would you recommend them taking? That's all natural that they should eat or take every day. Do you have any recommendations that could get them on the right path in your mind? Well, it depends on what you're dealing with, but yes, uh, you know, I was healthy when I got hit with COVID. It's a bioweapon, Matt. And so you don't, you don't treat bioweapons with twigs and spices and herbs and vitamins. I'm just bottom line. A lot of people are selling a lot of stuff. I'm not selling anything. I'm a messenger. The message is that God gives winning strategies. There's our help. There's our hope. And so we had some strategies that were effective. People need to listen to that and they need to not swallow whatever said without any science behind it. We should never do that again. We should learn COVID's over. And if they try to push something and steal your rights to to take away your rights uh, with fear tactics, you should be really familiar with that and should not forget this lesson that we've just been uh, taught that we should not give up our rights in the name of fear. And uh, early treatment does save lives. And there are winning strategies. Common sense. Uh, science doesn't get thrown out the window just because you have a new COVID czar. Um, I don't care what their name is. Right. Just because someone's a doctor doesn't mean they're a good guy. There was Dr. There was Dr. Mingala was not a good guy, but he was a doctor, a medical doctor. Right. And so you don't just worship doctors. Uh, we worship God. Blind faith is only for God, not for doctors, not for the hospitals, not for the government. And so uh, bottom line, uh, we we're not there, we're not afraid. We're not uh, the land of the fearful. We're the land of the brave, the home of the you know land of the brave, home of the free, and one nation under God. That's it. Remember that, and uh, listen to the right voices. There's a lot of voices out there, and just because you hear it real often doesn't mean it's true. You need to be listening to the right voices. If people haven't made themselves haven't accepted Jesus as their savior. Uh, that's the place to start. The best news in the world, Matt, is that God loves us so much that he was willing to pay the greatest price, knowing that he could raise, would raise Jesus from the dead. He let Jesus pay that price. It's, it's, he knew that we would make mistakes, but he loves us. So he, so he sent Jesus who paid the price and it, it, to, so we could have a life with God. It's a gift, but it's not ours unless we're willing to accept it. And so if people haven't heard that, that's the best news in the world. And if you want to accept that gift, you just have to, real simple, you just tell there is a God. You just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. I've made mistakes. I forgive everybody. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept your gift. Uh, Be in charge of my life. It's that simple. And it's a game changer, Matt. It's a game changer. Game changer. And if you you can remember anything when you log off here, Romans 10.10, go read Romans 10.10, you know, I always had a, a uh, it'll get it'll get you saved. It's a great verse, but it's one of those things too where, uh, like Dr. Bartlett said, I've told many of the pastors I run with, you know, Pastor Locke and Gibson, Coconado and Burns, and and Pastor Scarlett, Dave Scarlett's a dear friend. You know what we do, getting the truth out is one thing, 
But if we're not leading people to Christ with what we do, we're defeating the purpose of why we're here and what our calling truly is. And so putting God and country first, and God's got to come first, not country. God and country first um, is going is to speak dividends in your life. Um, you know, literally 17, I lost a high six-figure job. Uh, 18, I lost my health. 19, I lost my marriage. Not because of anything in particular other than I was doing what God called me on to do, which was to investigate, be a voice, and do what was uncomfortable. Do what I Many times I didn't want to do it. But he has broke me down and built me back up. I shouldn't be where I'm at right now financially with the voice I have with millions of followers. I mean, it's unheard of. It's There's no other explanation other than God. And so everything Dr. Bartlett's saying is 100% accurate. All glory and credit goes to him. And and uh, and I think if we can get people in that direction, love what you said there. I mean, we, every day is a gift. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. And, uh, and Matt, we're here for other people. We're here to help each other. We're here to be productive and constructive not destructive. That's not us. And so they might try to accuse us of that, but the evidence will show that we're here to help people and we're constructive, you and me. Amen. I have a question for you because I know you're, you're busy helping people and, and, and practicing medicine full time. Do you have any social media platforms you want to plug or where people can find you at? People are asking in the chat, where can they find information? Maybe your writings, you know, when you write stuff about Budesonine or you write opinions on things, where can people find you at? Well, I'm speaking regularly, and I'll be in Myrtle Beach with the Reawaken America tour. Uh, You're going to hang out with that Clay Clark guy? You better watch that guy now. He's, he's my buddy. He's a good dude. Man. He's a good Dave Scarlett and, and Mark Sherwood and the gang. Uh, there's a lot of good people that are on that tour. Great folks. Grace, a lot of good people. And so I'll, I am continuing to speak. They can look at the – if they go to rumble.com, they'll see my interviews. And awesome. uh, they just search me. But for COVID – I think we've, uh, unless they release another strain from a lab, I'm just going to say it very clearly. Forbid, right? Yeah. Because I believe that's where, that's in my opinion, that's where uh, these other dangerous variants came from. Uh, from the, They didn't just have one COVID-like virus. They had COVID-like, SARS-like viruses. Right. And that was well documented. And so unless they release another one, we're done. And it'll be something else. But- if someone has COVID, they can go to budesonideworks.com. Hours of information there that you can just click on links, budesonideworks.com. If they get sick with something else, there's a, a telemedicine service called uh, synergyhealthdpc.com, synergyhealthdpc.com that okay. will help with all kinds of things. But I'm honored to be here, Matt. It's not about me. I'm just the messenger. Uh, the, the best news in the world is still the best news in the world. I'm writing that down because I don't. We'll talk off the record, but I can't now. I now I want to know if my attorney is your attorney because my attorney recommended that. So now I'm curious. <laughs> it's a small. I got, I got a lot of friends that are attorneys. Yeah, me too, man. It's a small. We'll, we'll talk about. I don't want to. I don't want to put him on blast on the air, but we'll. Uh, he's up in New York, so you might know who I'm talking about here. But uh, hey, you know, that's interesting. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for taking time, and and the the chat's been phenomenal. Everyone loves what you're saying. The, the education, the, the, the message. And, um, you know, I mean, there's just, there's no, you know, normally when I do this, I get trolled a lot. You know, there's a lot of negative comments from, from people on the other side of the political aisle. This has probably been the most calm and interactive chat I've had on a show in two years. So that's, that's testament to you, my friend. I mean, people are loving the information and it's, uh, and the anointing that God's put on you, you can just feel it. So it's amazing. It's been an amazing Amazing hour and, and 10, 12 minutes with you, brother. It's been awesome. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. And 
uh, Matt, you got my cell phone number. And when you're in Mar-a-Lago, tell, tell the Donald hello. Hey, I, I will do that. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that, that's another one of those, those strange blessings. I'm heading to Mar-a-Lago in about two weeks to uh, watch the premiere of Dinesh D'Souza's movie with President Trump. So that's a blessing. I'm excited. I'll tell him, tell him you said hello. And, uh, and by the way, this is, it's an old school. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do the normal outro. I'm going to try to hopefully I don't blast us out of here with the music. But I need to, I've got a producer coming. I'm launching a new show with a great friend of mine, uh, J.B. Johnson, here at lunchtime. I'm going to be five days a week, too. Like, I need something else to do. But uh, JV's a consummate professional. He was syndicated on, you know, I think a couple hundred stations for a decade. He's, I've got a radio voice, but this guy, I mean, he's like the golden goose of, of radio voices and it's, it's going to be fun, but uh, I, this is a new, it's a kind of a beach voice feel to it, but I'm going to get us out of here and I'm going to get, get doc out of here. Dr. Barlow, thank you so much. God bless. And thanks for what you do, man. Thanks for saving lives and for fighting for God and country and for doing what you do. Um, guys, for Dr. Bartlett and Matt Couch, thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Matt Couch Show on Gitter, uh, Foxhole, Rumble, CloudHub, all those different platforms we're on. Uh, and we thank you guys for tuning in. God bless everybody. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.